0: Well, praise God. Are you glad you're in church this morning? How about, how about we take one moment before we, before we get into this message and just take 30 seconds and let's lift up our hands across this house and, and just let the presence of God come and saturate you. You know, you don't need to leave this place the way you came today. You can leave different because of the touch of God. In fact, you know, right at this very second of time, I feel the presence of Jesus. God wants to touch you. God's not something old man in the sky that did some good things 2,000 years ago. The Bible tells us he is our ever-present help. He is the God of right now. He's a right now God, and we can have right now faith in a right now God. Today, we're going to believe, God, that people who are sick will be whole, and those that are broken will be put back together. And maybe some of you that haven't had a supernatural breakthrough in your world, today is a good day to come into the house of God and just let God inject something in your spirit for this day and this hour. And Father, we thank you for the most wonderful thing that we can experience on this planet, and that is your presence. And Father, we thank you that in this place, you're going to move by your Spirit. You're going to touch hearts. You're going to touch lives. Father, I pray for those here today that need a breakthrough. In fact, you know, I'm just really aware in the spirit realm, there's some people today, This is like a midnight hour for you. unbelieving believing God, that God, the Holy Ghost, is going to come and touch your heart and touch your life in this place by His Spirit. Do you love the Lord this morning? can we give the Lord a hand of praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, musicians, you guys are awesome. You may be seated. You may be seated this morning. It is just a it is just a massive privilege to be preaching here at Bridge this morning for Pastor Dave and Pastor Sal. How many? Let me, let me just say this, you you are a blessed church to have, and I'm not just saying this because it's a nice thing to say, it is a nice thing to say, but this doesn't render it not true, it is true, and Pastor Dave and Pastor Sal are two of the most down to earth, but most awesome leaders, you guys are so blessed to have them in your church, and if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 23, and it says this, have a look at verse 1, I'll read through the Psalm briefly, and then we're going to, we're going to. Go to our second passage in Mark 16. But it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many know that's that's good news right there? He says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice in verse 4, David says, Though I walk through the valley he doesn't say though i walk to the valley he says though i walk through the valley you know the valley that you might be going through is not a destination it's just part of the journey and you know something it might be nasty it might be tough but do you know something there's a promise right there he says though i walk through the valley i'll fear no evil because you're with me when god's with you who can be against you if god's for you bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper doesn't mean it won't be formed You know, as Christians, sometimes we think, oh, no, everything's rosy. Let me tell you, the devil's real. He wants to make life difficult, but God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given us Jesus, and you're going to make it through the other side. And when you get to the other side, it's going to be awesome because he prepares a table. Before me in the presence of my enemies, he anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over, or if you're old school, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Somebody say goodness. Somebody say mercy. And somebody say it shall follow me. It says this, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is a lot of church. Now, let me say this. David says this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He sets up his most famous psalm by making that one statement. And there there is a lot of power in that statement because he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Bam, he's just said it. He's made a statement. And that very statement, by virtue of that statement alone, he has showed us his relationship with God and where he fits and where God fits in the mix of that relationship. Who's in control and who is the one that is following the lead of the one who is in control. And he says, God, you are my shepherd. When, you're, when you have a shepherd, if you're a sheep, and I don't know if there's any sheep here this morning. If you, God bless you, yes. I see, I see you, yes, Hallelujah. Her name's Barbara, but anyway, sorry, 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 Pastor Dave, I've got to to stick to my introduction. He said, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, he's making a statement, he says, that was actually pretty funny, he said, he he says, he says, you're my shepherd, therefore, I mean, you're in control, and if you lead in one direction as a sheep, it is my job to follow you. So David opens the psalm with the fact that he follows God, and he closes the psalm, by telling us as a result of following God, the blessings that are following Him. And how many know we have a good God? How many know we have a supernatural God? And so if we're following Jesus, I mean, you're following the right, the right path. You're following the right road. And he says, if, you, if you're following Jesus, mean you're not walking alone. Because following you is the goodness and the mercy of God. Don't forget today that God is good. Don't forget today that we serve a supernatural God who loves us, who cares about us. And you know, the word follow, see, sometimes we hear the word follow. Like if I'm going to follow you home, I'm going to keep a good distance and, and follow you down the street. I mean, if you're driving alone at night and, you're, and you feel like someone's following you, how many know that's a bit of a crazy, yeah, that's not cool, it's creepy. If you're in the mall somewhere and you're walking through and following 10 feet behind, someone's following you in a more of a lurking kind of stalking kind of way, that's a, that's a little bit creepy. I've got good news for you this morning, God is not creepy. Write that down, and, and it'll help you. And, uh, but he, he's not following you at some kind of distance, just keeping it on. The Bible says he, the word here, follow, literally means to chase you down, to grab a hold of you, to, to almost harass you. If you. I mean, if you're going to get harassed, you might as well be harassed by the goodness of God. I mean, if you're going to have something torment you, why not just be tormented with a blessing of heaven? Oh, I can't take it anymore, God. You're too good. Yeah. Woo, man, that's good news. And he says, goodness and mercy will follow me. All the days of my life. It'll follow you. David's saying here, if you follow him, there's some blessing that's going to follow you. If you believe it, say amen. Let's have a look at Mark 16. Matthew, Mark. I feel like God's going to do something in the house today. Hope you're expecting. I hope you are believing God. Mark chapter 16. If you can't find it, it's immediately after Mark 15. And I want to have a look at the 15th verse. It says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. Somebody say follow. Follow. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. How many know we have a God who's got a great name? In my name thou cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they might recover. They, it's very likely if God is in a good enough mood. That's a great promise from God right there. They, you will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. You say, well, we're not seeing as many miracles as we should. Maybe we're not seeing enough people laying hands as we should. And believe in God. We pop a pill. We need to, we need to pop some Jesus, man, and get, get the healing power of God working in our life. We believe. Anyway, oh, that's my point later on, so I better not rush it. <laughs> that, that pretty much was the whole point. So the, the... He says this. He, sa- he says, goodness and mercy will follow. And he tells if we follow Jesus, there is good stuff that's following us here we see if we're believers and we follow God, there is four things that follow us. And I wanna have a look at these for just a minute, but before I do, I just wanna remind us how we can walk in, this, in, in these blessings, the blessings of God, the, the power that follows us. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. And, and, and when Mark wrote this gospel, he says, he says, in my name, he's quoting Jesus, in my name. How many know this morning, and I know this is a cliche statement, but I often find cliches are cliches because they're really quite true. And so when, when we say something like, how many know there's power in the name of Jesus, that's not just a throwaway line that we say in church, friend, there is power in the name of Jesus. I mean, all one, 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 one person who is completely lost has to call on his name and in one moment he stops going to hell and he goes to heaven. Boom. That's a pretty powerful name. You can call on the name of Dave. You'll get nothing. I mean, I'll call you back, but that's it. But if you call on his name, the name that is above every name, you know, there 's some other names you can we hear about we hear about cancer, we hear about depression, we hear about disease and sickness and infirmity, which is just a fancy word for sickness. but do you know something their names but those names are subject to a greater name, and that name 's Jesus you know you know sometimes I, I grew up in church life you know so i 've been in church see kids church now is awesome I mean they have everything they got everything. I mean, you walk in there, it's like a whole new world. And it's awesome. In fact, I like going to kids' church because it's so powerful. But when I went, it was basically a felt board and, and, and they'd have a little felt Jesus that'd stick on the felt board. And that, and that was like, the, that was a modern era of, of, of visual arts, you know. How many remember though, you grew up on that? Some of you were in the kingdom because of a, of a felt Jesus. You, you gave your heart to, and then after time, you know, the hand wore away and it was just a bit of thread, but you got the idea you had to improvise. So this, but but the thing is, the truth is, then you'd have the pictures on the wall of Jesus, and it was you sort of felt sorry for him a bit because it was it was an artist's depiction of Jesus. He was his skin was jet white. I mean, his teeth were perfectly manicured, and and his hair was permed, and his beard was perfectly clipped, and he was about fifty pounds underweight. He didn't look well, and and he was. He's standing there with a peace sign and, his, and, 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 and rainbows were coming out the back of his head and, and he's holding a sheep and the sheep was cross-eyed. One eye would look, it's true. You know what I'm talking about. One eye would look with love and admiration to the master and the other eye would look at the viewer of the picture with arrogance and pride. As much as to say, you're not being held in his arms. And so we would see that picture... We would see that picture, and I'm making a joke, but I'm making a point. We see that picture of a of some an emaciated, weak picture of who some faithless person imagined Jesus to be, and then we tell the kids, "If you get in trouble, call upon him." And the kids look at him and go, "But what's he going to do? He's in trouble himself." (laughs) You know what I'm saying? How many know that that's not the Jesus we serve? The, the Bible talks about the lion of the tribe of Judah. The Bible, the Bible talks about the soon coming king, the rock of ages. I mean, I mean, Jesus went to church one day and he didn't like what was happening. So he kicked a few tables over and started whipping people. I mean, who brings a whip to church? If you've got a whip here, you've got to leave it out the front when you come in. The will, it's whipping. I mean, the, Jesus in the picture wouldn't do that. He'd, be, he'd write a strongly worded letter. You get your Christmas cards. And they just, they don't portray the Jesus we know. It's just like, dear Dave, may the joy of this festive season be yours as you remember the reason for the season. Love, Nan. I'm like, come on, Nan, give me a card that's got some grunt. So I send her one. Dear Nan, if you don't repent, you're going to burn in hell. Now, I want to write a card... P.S., you're 98, so you really don't have much time, you know? No, I want to write, I want to write, why can't the Christmas cards say, dear such and such, don't forget that he's a healer, he's a saviour, he's the king of kings, he's the one who was and is and is to come. He's coming back, he's awesome, he's supernatural. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. What What about just a bit more of a Pentecostal one? Dear Nan, just lift your hands. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon you. And then she opens a card. It's got one of those pop-up hands. It's a feel in Jesus' name. <laughs> just under the power of God. Now, stay with me. See, here's the thing. We hear the name of Jesus, but the name of Jesus has power. But sometimes you hear it the wrong way. You can see an MTV award where the guy gets up, says, I want to thank my wife, my other wife, my girlfriend, my manager. I want to thank Jesus. And, and you sort of go, really? You want to thank Jesus? But the truth is, people just rattle off his name. And I realise the power that's in that name. And you know, I watched Dr. Phil recently. I like Dr. Phil. I think he's wise beyond his years. And so so he's on on the show. He's talking about this thing called the lullaby effect. Somebody say the lullaby effect. The way the lullaby effect works is if you hear something the wrong way without understanding its true meaning enough times, the power of the message in it's lost. And you just believe what you hear. For example... Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. Has anyone ever stopped right there and asked this little question? Why is there a baby in the top of a tree? When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Another question. Why is the baby's bed in the top of a tree? When the bough breaks, looked up the word bough, I did. And uh, the word bough means branch. Or if you're from Adelaide, branch. When the branch breaks, the cradle will fall down Will come baby, cradle and all Mums sing that to their babies (laughs) Pastor Dave, I did forget to tell the church quickly My wife and I were expecting our first baby on August the 1st And if it's a boy, we're going to name it David If it's a girl, it's going to be Sally And uh, That was a better joke than the last service In the last service I said Ananias or Sapphira And they didn't really laugh So I've got to say, I gotta say focus, but mums sing this song to their baby and wonder why the babies scream. Because the song is it's horror. It's like it's like Friday the 13th for babies. Some people don't know what the song's about. I'll tell you what the song's about. It's about a mother who had enough. Baby screaming, mum says, That's it. You scream again, I'm putting you in the top of the tree. Not just you, I'm putting you in your whole bed, and I'm gonna put you on a branch that is not load-bearing. We're gonna ignore Ockhild and say, and so then. But the truth is, we hear that song over and over and think it's a lullaby. It's actually a depressing song. (laughs) Some people hear Jesus this, Jesus that. Can I say, we as believers, we need to never forget the power that is in his name. Because we we can call on that name. Sickness can be healed. Lives can be changed. Let me me say this. He says, in my name. And there's four blessings I want to have a look at. These are the blessings that follow a believer. I'm glad they follow us. These signs will follow them. that believe. You don't have to follow signs. You don't have to follow Christian TV and and all these things to try and get signs and wonders and more signs and wonders. You know something? I don't need to follow signs anywhere because signs and wonders, the Bible says, follow me. We carry the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. He says, in my name, number one, you'll cast out devils. So the first blessing is supernatural authority. When the devil, when the enemy presses in hard, do not fear, because he's raised up a standard against him—the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Now, here's the thing: C.S. Lewis says if you if you overemphasize devils, it, some Christians are. Like, everything's a demon. Demon this, demon that, demon this. Not everything's a demon. Like you know, someone might get sick. It's not always a demon. They're just crook. They just caught the flu. It's not some massive spirit of infirmity that. You know, let me say this. I wish I'd said this in the last session, but. The Bible says Jesus went to the temple to teach. And when he went to the temple, so the Bible says Jesus went to the temple to teach, unquote, quote, unquote. Now, when he was at the temple, there was a person there with demonic oppression or possession and Jesus cast the devil out of him he was set free. But he never went to the temple, the Bible says, to cast out demons. He wasn't in the ministry of looking for demons or becoming the demon hunter. Crikey, I've got another one. He (laughs) He wasn't looking for demons. But this is how we should be as Christians. Not everything's a demon. But when there's demonic opposition in your home or in your family or in your world, we can name the name of Jesus. But it doesn't mean we get weird. C.S. Lewis said to overemphasise is a dangerous thing. Because you get in some magical space where you believe all sorts of crazy winds of doctrine. But to underemphasize is also foolish. Just because we don't talk about them necessarily. I'm not suggesting from the pulpit, just in our own life. It doesn't mean there isn't. An enemy that doesn't want you to win but we serve a god who is in control we serve a god who is supernatural do you believe that this morning you know i was, I, I i as a as a kid grew up in in a family where i saw people set free and delivered and sometimes you know there was a big manifestation and, and people but you know there's other times where people are just bound by stuff and we just say father in the name of jesus take authority and believe god can i teach you church, we have authority But but I'm going to keep moving because I want to talk about some other things this morning that all go together. The Bible talks about supernatural authority. Then he says this. He says, in my name you'll speak in new tongues. Right there he's talking about supernatural power. Somebody say supernatural power. You know, here's the thing. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural gift from God. And to be honest with you, other than being saved and washed in the blood of Jesus... The most powerful experience that you and I can have on this planet, Banam, other than getting born again is receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad Jesus baptized me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has four job descriptions. His Savior, his healer, he's the baptizer in the Spirit and he's the soon coming King. And you know, he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You might be coming to this church week in, week out and you, you say, oh, I love Bridge. It's great. I love the music. I love the, I love the, I love the, the coffee in the foyer. I love just the general vibe around here. I like what I feel. But man, the other day I was sitting next to somebody or Pastor Bridey got up today and told people to start praying their heavenly language and I was like what what language is that I mean maybe some of you have been told that that's just a bit, bit weird you might think that it's the fish language where people with fish on the back of their car speak that fish language they come to their fish church and then every fortnight have fish meetings at different people's houses across Melbourne they speak in their fish language and you're thinking there's something fishy about that and can I tell you there's nothing fishy about it at all it's a blessing from God I'm not saying it's the most normal thing we do I mean, it's unusual, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it isn't a normal thing. But it's a powerful thing. And sometimes we can get a bit hung up on you know it's a bit weird or it's a bit unusual. There are parts of our faith that we that we walk in that are a bit of a stretch for our mind. They're, they're, that's why the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes we try and dissect the move of the Holy Spirit and understand everything. I want to know about this, how he works, why he does this, how he does this. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't know and rightly divide the word of truth, but some people want to know about the Holy Spirit. I just want to know the Holy Ghost, man. I just want to know the Spirit of God because when you're filled to overflow, see, I, uh, with an experience is never at the mercy of of a person with an argument we need to know the holy spirit we need our prayer language because when you pray in tongues you have power somebody say power so we talk about spiritual authority so when you get saved you have authority but here's the deal a policeman can go on your freeway say say, southeastern freeway is that what it's called goes on the southeastern freeway there's a guy doing 150 it's 110 so he walks out in his uniform and simply puts his hand out and says pull over and that car has to pull over that car could run him down kill him and just keep going but because he has authority, he can pull that police he can pull that truck over. However, if that truck wants to disobey that policeman's authority, that truck still has the power to keep doing what it wants to do. But let me say this, when you take power and then you authority rather and you mix it with power, you're putting that cop now on the southeastern freeway in a Sherman tank, and if that truck wants to keep going, he can blow that thing to smithereens. I said in the last session I don't even know what smithereens are. They sound very delicious after church I'm going to have me some smithereens but here's the thing the reality is there are Christians that have authority but do you know there is another realm of faith that you can walk in where you carry power supernatural power to seem you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you somebody say power somebody say supernatural power I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta tell you right now, miracles happen when you get around people that carry the power of God. Speaking in tongues might be unusual, but here's the thing it's not even necessarily about the tongues, it's about the power that is behind that happening. And you might come in here and say, I like the music, I like the vibe, I like what I feel, but the speaking in tongues unsettles me a bit. The reason you feel what you feel when you walk through these doors is because this is a house full of people that believe in the power of God's Spirit and understand that when you're filled with power, things. Begin to shift. It, can someone say amen this morning? I mean, does anyone believe in the power of the Holy Ghost in this house? You shall receive power. I was on an airplane and I was flying in America and I was with this woman. And you know, she was. It's a funny story, but she was telling me all about she had all these beads. She she looked like a walking in advertisement for kurong She had Christian everything. Christian hair, Christian shirt, Christian jeans, Christian. And then she had these beads. She had a Bible. that had a, i mean. The Bible cover's wonderful, but her Bible cover had a scripture on the front, just in case, for some reason, the zipper malfunctioned, and she couldn't get in there fast enough. She can at least go, the grass withers, the flower fades, and the word of God lasts forever. (laughs) But I'm sitting next to her on the plane, and she's got these colored beads on. She's got these colored beads, and... I said, nice, and she was flashing them in my general direction. So I just pretended I was a heathen. So I just pretended I wasn't a Christian because I wanted to see what she was going to do. And so I was just flashing them in my hand, and she says, nice beads. I said said to her, nice beads. And she goes, they're my evangelism beads. (laughs) So I'm like, this is going to be a long flight. So, so So then I said, what do you mean? And she says, I use them to evangelize. And she goes through this whole spiel that one color means this, one color means that, one color means this, one color means that. And it was all lovely. And I said, So what do you mean so you wear them? She says, I wear them and people ask me about Jesus. I was thinking, if the future of the worldwide church and global evangelism is boiling down to a set of beads, we got a problem. I mean, we're not going to win Melbourne with beads. The Bible doesn't say you shall receive beads when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He doesn't. Paul Paul on the road to Damascus, light shines from heaven. What happened? I got beads. You need more than beads. We need power. I mean, beads aren't going to raise up the sick and heal broken people. We need the power of the Spirit of God, man. We need the anointing. We need the fire of God to do something in our heart. Hallelujah. Man, we serve an awesome God. Speaking in tongues isn't of the devil. I mean, I know this might sound funny, but if speaking in tongues was created by the devil, he made the worst mistake. Because when I pray in tongues, I love Jesus more. I want to worship more. I want to get in church more. I want to get in the word more. Speaking in tongues doesn't make me weird. It makes me normal. It makes me book of Acts. Every writer of the New Testament spoke in tongues. Even the Virgin Mary spoke in tongues. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, the Spirit of God is there. And we need supernatural authority. We need supernatural power. But then he says, says, in my name, you'll take up serpents. And I'm not going to spend long on this point. Because there's not really a lot to say, but you know, you, you see movies where these crazy kind of—I didn't want to call them churches—but gatherings where they sing and pass around the snake, and if the snake bites you, you have to repent because there's sin in your life. They're not big churches. They're not. It's true. You know, it's not about getting weird. Being supernatural isn't weird. There's a difference between super spiritual and supernatural. Yeah. You know, being supernatural, it's, it's just talking about supernatural authority, supernatural power, and supernatural protection. In other words, when you're doing what God's called you to do, he's with you. He'll help you. He'll lift you. When sickness comes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm serving you. I need a miracle. Father, would you do a work of grace? That's what supernatural power and supernatural protection is all about. In other words, you want, he, David said, I haven't seen the righteous forsaken, neither the children begging bread. Why? Because we have a protective God who is supernatural. His El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You know something? We gotta, sometimes we forget. We, we were so busy for thinking of who we are in christ we forget whose we are yeah. and we're his and he cares about us he's a god a grace that has a plan and a purpose for your life i want to share my last thought we have supernatural healing or supernatural miracles the bible says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover can i say this i think often we gloss over the first will and we get hung up on the second will oh yeah, if we lay hands they will recover can i say the first will if you're a believer. The Bible says you will lay hands. In other words, as Christians, I want to encourage us to stir up the gifts of God. I mean, it doesn't mean we have to get all epic and walk into McDonald's and start speaking King James English by walking up to the counter and saying, bestow upon me your biggest mac and a pound a quarter thereof. I mean, it just means if someone's sick or they got a fever or they got something wrong, we don't need to go, that's it. I need five catches. You dip your hand in the french fries cooker. Here's some oil. In Jesus' name. We don't need to be... It doesn't mean we have to get weird. It simply means he's given you the power to see miracles. So we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I've got to tell a story and then I'm going to quit. Thank you very much. There's one in every crowd. There's about 500 of them in our church. Do you know, when, when... this church was started, and I don't know the history in detail, but started out of a ministry by a man called Smith Wigglesworth. Am I right? Well, last year I was preaching in Brownsville, Florida, at a, in Pensacola, Florida, a church called Brownsville Assembly of God. They had a real big revival back there in the 90s in, in this church. And I was doing the Sunday morning service, and on the Saturday night, there was another speaker by the name of Mary Jenkins, who has since gone to be with Jesus. She was 102. And so she was the adopted daughter of Wigglesworth, lived in Wigglesworth's house. And I'm one of these people that love these stories about Wigglesworth. I love talking about Azusa Street, but when I talk about them, I get frustrated because I think, why well, are we looking back going that how wonderful the days were when we live in these days and we need to move a God now. So for me, I only look back in order to take some stuff that was good to believe God for it in this day and this hour. I don't want to go, oh, those were the glory days. We're in the glory days right now. I mean, some oh, I remember back in the olden days these, the days, these are the days, these are the days, this is the day the Bible says. Anyway, that's just Anyway, so <laughs> I'm preaching, and, and we, we, we go out to the side room. They've got, like, a little pastor's area just in between services. So I said, after the service, I said, Wait, I wanted to make small talk, but she's 102. I mean, what do you say to someone that's 102, like, watching any good TV lately? You know, so I just said to her, I said, look, I heard a story about Smith Wigglesworth going to a funeral, throwing the body against the wall, and raising him from the dead. And so I said, is that true? And she goes, baby. And she had a thick accent. I didn't understand a word she said really. She said, baby, that's an exaggeration. I was devastated because I'd been telling that story with great authority. <laughs> and I, I said, I said why, why, is, why is that the case? And she said, she said, baby, that was an exaggeration. She said, he didn't throw a buddy against the wall. She just pushed him against the wall. I said, was he raised? yeah baby I was like how do you know and she says baby I was there so I said can you lay hands on me right now so she laid hands on me and started prophesying I don't know what she said but to this day it's the most powerful prophecy I've ever had amen in fact in fact, I think that's a word for someone here. There's someone here. You've got pain in your head. And God wants to set you free. And I hear stories like that. You don't, you, don't, you don't see miracles like that unless you're carrying power. But sometimes we celebrate the epic. But even as a mum and a dad and as a family and just in your church, in your home groups, in whatever area you're serving God, we need power. We need the power of God's spirit. I'm going to ask the keyboard player to come. And uh, I want to close this message, but let me say this. You might be sick in your body today. The facts and the truth often aren't the same. The facts may be you're sick in your body, but the truth is we serve a miracle working God. The facts may be you've got a disease that can't be healed with natural means, but the truth is we serve the God of heaven who is supernatural, who's abundant, who's a God of grace. And today I want to minister to people, but I want to pray for one group of people first I'm going to pray for people that need a miracle in just a moment. But the greatest miracle that you can ever have is to have your sins forgiven. It's to have your, your life changed by the grace of God. And the vast majority of people in this church at one point or another were in a meeting like this. And the preacher said, hey, do you want to know Jesus? And they slipped up their hand. And they said yes and got their life right. You know, and, and, and firstly, I can guarantee no one has any regrets. It's the best decision you can ever make. But you might be sitting here today and you've wandered in here for whatever reason. Maybe you saw the sign and something compelled you to come in. You don't really know why you're here. I can tell you why you're here. That's the Holy Spirit that drew you through these doors. Maybe you had a friend invite you today. Maybe you've been away from God and you know you've needed to come back and get things right. Not because you're a bad person, but we're all people who are capable of just There's distance getting between us and God. Or maybe you've never been to church before. Maybe you've never met Jesus before. Maybe you've never had a personal living relationship with Christ from the left to the right, from the front to the back. Every person in this building can leave this place knowing that they know that they know that they know that their sin are washed away, that they are, they are saved by the grace of God. And there's two groups of people today, well, heads are about and eyes are closed. If, you, if no one could leave for just one moment, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know what it is to have your, your, your sins forgiven, to have your, to have your past erase, and, and knowing full well that eternity is yours in the hands of God and you're going to be in heaven and, and all of those wonderful things. And you're sitting here today and maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you've walked away and you've turned your back. Maybe, maybe sin's just got in there. Sin can do that. Sin, sin's a crusty thing. I mean, we're all prone to it. We can all mess up. But you know something, we can actually be delivered from. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but it means we're free from its power. And you might be sitting in this place and you're away from God. Maybe you've never met Jesus or there's distance between you and God and you know that you need to just get it right today. Well, heads are and eyes are closed. Well, no one's moving around and no one's looking around. If that's you and you'd say, Dave... I'm just, you know, I need to get my heart right with God today. I just need to make a decision afresh to serve the Lord. If that's you in this place, I want you to quickly just give me a wave. Just lift your hand so I can see it. I don't want to embarrass you. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Down here. God bless you. Down there. Is there anyone else in this place? Just lift your hand back there. Back there. I see that hand. Anyone else over here as well? God bless you. Is there anyone else to my right that has lifted their hand? I just don't want to miss any person. Lift your hand high. If that's you and you'd say, Dave, I want to get my heart right with Jesus. If that's you, quickly lift your hand. Right now in this place. God bless you down there. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone else that would say, Dave, today's my day. I want to get my heart right with Jesus. Who else is there today that would respond and say, I want to get my heart right with the Lord? If you lifted your hand, God bless you back there. Fantastic. If you lifted your hand. God bless you down here as well, sir. That's wonderful. If you lifted your hand, I'm just going to ask you quickly, just lift it one more time. And uh, I just want to, fantastic. There's more hands going up. That's awesome. We're so proud of you. And uh, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And it's a prayer of invitation. And if you lift, lift your hands, it's a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart. And, And I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer. And this is what I'm also going to do. Make it easy so you're not just yelling out by yourself. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down now. I've seen hands. That's wonderful. God bless you, sister. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this out loud. But I'm going to ask the whole church, all of Bridge Church this morning to pray as well. And just to make it easy for them so they're not sort of breaking the sound barrier by themselves. And we together can lead them to Christ together. Let's pray this together. Dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to wash me clean with your precious blood. And Lord Jesus, I know you died on a cross for me, to pay the price for my sin, that I may be able to live free, to live forgiven, and to serve you. And so right now, I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that you're the Son of God, that you died on a cross for me. You have a plan for my life. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve you. I give my heart to you. Use me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a hand to all those that lifted their hand? Let's give them a big hand. If If you lifted your hand... There's a team of incredible people that love you, that have a plan, that, 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 that want to serve you and help you get started with God. And they're going to come talk to you at some point before the end of the service. They've just been sort of hanging around the building, just keeping it real. And, uh, and they're just going to help you in your walk with God. And they'll give you a Bible if you need a Bible or something like that. Just find out where you're at, help you get connected. But before we close this service, before I hand back to Pastor Bridie, can we stand all across this place for just one moment? And let's lift up our hands to, to heaven. If you can just lead us in the chorus, Hannah, that'd be... You know, right now, as we're as we worshiping God, we just said, God, we give you permission. Have your way. Do whatever you want to do. And across this place, before we leave service, I I want to give you a chance to just receive something from heaven. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need an answer to prayer. Maybe you need just a fresh touch of the fire of God's Spirit. If that's you in this place, I want you to lift up your hands to the God of heaven all over this building. Just get your heart open and, and, and just begin to receive. Draw on the power of the Holy Spirit as He fills you from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Let His power, let His anointing just come on you right now. His anointing and His power is real. And if you're hungry, He'll fill your cup. Just believe God. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those who need a miracle, for those who need an answer to prayer for those who need divine intervention in their family and their finances, whatever it may be. Father God, let the healing power, let the supernatural power, let the anointing of God's Spirit begin to flow in this house. Father, we're hungry right now. Lord, let supernatural power begin to flow. Let miracle power begin to flow. Let lives be changed in the house. We're hungry, Jesus.